0: I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro, I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go, Chasing Justice is on. All right, everybody, welcome aboard, I'm Lieutenant Joe. So a couple of things going on here. One of the first things that I think we need to discuss because it's happening right in front of us, the turmoil uh, the turmoil in our Republican friends. Kevin McCarthy is out. Who's up next? This, this obvious uh, dysfunction really comes from, from one particular place. It is, it is an internal battle in the Republican Party between uh, our representatives and all of us out in the field here. You know, the whole thing that Trump brought to this party was an awakening and a shaking you know how many times have we we put up with the rhinos in the party they all promise what they're going to do they're going to do all if we have the house if we have the senate if we have the presidency we're going to do all this and then they do nothing they're useless and for years we've really had no other choice what are we going to do? vote for democrats vote for socialists so we would we would just okay uh, hold our nose and vote for whatever rhino it was. So that's really what we had to endure for years. And then along comes Trump, an outsider, somebody who says he's gonna do things, a guy with a proven record of of doing things, and he goes in and he tears it up for four years while he's being persecuted by the left, by the media, and by people in, in the Republican Party. But still, he did amazing things as president. So now we see uh, this, this uh, Gates from Florida comes up, him and, and seven other very, very strong Republicans. Now, you could say what you want about them, uh, that they're disgraceful, what they did to the party. I think it's, uh, there's some of that, that maybe, maybe they could have found a better way to do it. But the reality is, how long do we go before we take a stand? How long do we go until we change this party into what the majority of us out here want it to be? We want them to fight We want them to stand up. We want them to adopt some of their opponents' tactics and use them against them. Because the rhinos won't do it. The Mitt Romneys of the world are useless to us. You know, the Mitch McConnells, who who are as big as an obstacle as Chuck Schumer to getting anything done that we, the people, the conservative people, want done. Trump was a maverick. He came in and he said he was going to do things and did them, right? He moved the, uh, the embassy in Jerusalem. Simple thing. How many presidents before him have sworn they were going to do it and they never did it? And this guy comes in and does it. He cut taxes. Uh, the economy was booming. You know, I- I'm looking today thinking about, oh, maybe I'll move. You know, maybe we'll move, get downsize or upsize or go to another state. We'll do something. Mortgage rates are 7.5%, almost 8%. I'm locked in now at 29 you know what that's going to cost me? Thousands of dollars in interest just to move to sell my house to upscale or downscale. And Trump, under the Trump economy, we didn't have that. We had $2 a gallon gas. Life was definitely better. Our, our uh, European allies might have been ticked off that they were held to account, but they started paying what they should for their own defense. You know, the United States, oh, well, we have to we have to do the whole NATO thing because we'll end up in another war. Well, the people who live there are the ones who should be coughing up if they want to live in freedom, or they could be overrun by another tyrant. And then we have to decide if we run back in there and, and use our, our blood and treasure to save them yet again. This is where the whole uh, conflict has come in, and that's why we saw Gates and those other seven Republicans uh, basically hold them out to account. Now, McCarthy, I, he did a better job than I thought he was going to do, I thought he was, uh, you know, I thought he could have been a good speaker. But I thought he was also probably a rhino, a rhino-ish kind of guy. And he just, uh, he did things that were not very Trump-like. So therefore, we saw this cacophony of uh, excitement and, and all this noise. And out he goes. And now we have uh, we have a little chaos at a time when, we really need to clear that time that clear that up quickly. So who's running? Um, Jim. Uh, oh, his name went right out of my head. Jim Jordan, uh, who I like a lot. I think he's a dynamic guy. I think he speaks from the heart. I've seen him on lots of different TV shows. He does in hem and Hall. He actually answers questions. He doesn't dance around. Uh, and uh, and Scalise was another good guy, I think, but I think he's a little connected to McCarthy, and maybe maybe he might be more of a politician. Plus he has some health uh, some health concerns. Jim Jordan, I think, he sees the writing on the wall. He's always been a supporter of Trump in that he he understood the Trump dynamic. And hopefully he'll use that as the Speaker of the House. That would be that would be very good. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, she ruled with an iron hand, but she had it easier. Because the entire Democratic Party has the same belief system, you know they are all pretty much socialists, and they were moving in that direction. They are power hungry, um, as as socialists tend to be. They wanted to consolidate power. They wanted to tell you how to live your life. They're itching to do that now. Uh, but the Republicans, uh, we have this this wishy-washy segment of our of our party. And I know they, they make the excuse that, well, in my district, it's very, very hard to be super conservative because then people will vote me out. Well, then you know what? Then you get voted out. Uh, people get what they want. Well, but isn't it better to hold on to, to, the, to keep in the majority so that we – yeah, I guess it's better to hold on. But how, what good does it really do us to be the majority and still not get anything done? right? Republicans need to understand this is what the American people want on the conservative side. This is what we want you to do. Now you're there. We want to see you use the power of that office. Every single lever you have, the press be damned, uh, the Democrats be damned, doesn't matter. Go out there and do what you have to do. All right. So you're, you're doing this uh, investigation, you know, this uh, this pre-impeachment of, in Biden. Well, that's good. It's pretty clear to everyone, even those who deny that he did anything wrong, that it's pretty obvious that he's involved in a lot of corruption, corruption beyond the point we can allow our president to be involved in. But he is involved in it, and therefore we should look at it closely. And if that means he gets he leaves and we get Kamala Harris, then we deal with her, right? And if she hasn't done anything corrupt, then she gets to be the president. And if she wins the election because people are stupid enough to continue voting for the nonsense policies we have in place right now, then so be it. So let's look, let's look at this, this consternation of, of this fight, this internal fight between the rhinos and the conservatives. That's what's causing all this consternation. And we, we have got to work this out. This has to be worked out one way or another. And really, I think while Gates might have uh, moved a little hard and fast and caused some of this chaos with his move, I think he actually acted. He did something to move things forward, you gotta move the ball. We can't just wallow in this uh, world of rhinos and and ineffective, uh, useless Republicans. We need a strong America first policy, which is what Trump offered to the nation, which is why people voted for him because people are sick and tired of being America last. Uh, So we look at Joe Biden's policies and what do we see? We see America last. We're spending millions and billions and billions of dollars to help Ukraine protect its border And yet our border is wide open, right? We don't know who's coming in here. They're not keeping track of anybody. If if they're going to do 12,000 people a day, they can't keep track of who those people are, where they're coming from. And a lot of the countries they come from don't have the records systems that we have. We can't look up somebody uh, by name. And they they came from some small little village or town. There's, There's no record keeping of who these people are. We don't know who's coming in people are coming from multiple countries around the world how is it that there are chinese people coming across the southern border iranians coming across the southern border how are all these people getting across the southern border you think it would be south american people mexican people they would be coming here there's there's dozens and dozens of nationalities of people from around the world that are making their way into the united states through mexico why is that because the borders are wide open you know, uh, and now we see them flailing around, all these sanctuary cities, all these sanctuary uh, idiot people that were running their mouths with their virtual signaling. Oh, we're we're a sanctuary, this, we're a sanctuary, and now you're overrun and they don't know how to function because it's, it's, it's exactly what everyone predicted. See, it's not racist. Nobody hates these people who are coming here who want a better life. We just can't take in every single person in the world that wants to come here. It's impossible to do it. And those with a with a head on your shoulders, we all knew that. We need immigration, but it has to be controlled. It has to be done properly. The people coming have to bring something of value to the country. They can't just come here to get stuff, right? And what do I say all the time? What do I instruct us all the time? Always look for the real motive, right? Our friends on the left over here in politics, they have motives, right? That doesn't filter down to the... To the mom-and-pop Democrat out in, the, out in the field, you know, my family and friends who are Democrats. They're good, decent people, and they believe in good things, and they're being used. It's a subterfuge. We talked about this on a previous episode. You know, this is a subterfuge. This is to bring in millions and millions and millions of people who will vote Democrat because they'll be given them things, and then they will stay virtually in power forever. You know, what do you look at? The Five million votes usually separates the winner and the loser. Uh, in a presidential election. Well, if you bring in 10 million people and they're all going to vote for you, that's the end of an election. You have now tampered with the election by changing the people who get to vote because right now, that's the next thing. Once they're here, then they're going to be given permanent status. They're given jobs. That's good. They take jobs away from Americans. Okay, that's what we want to do. And then they're going to be, well, you got to let them vote. They live here now. And that's exactly the plot that's coming. That's the behind the scenes subterfuge. So is that going to happen? Of course it's going to happen. How about if our Republican Congress, when they pick their new Speaker of the House, how about they come up with a law that says everyone that came here illegally now, these millions of people who came across the border to do work, to have a better life, give them work visas, document who they are, and then make a law that says none of them can become citizens and they will never have the right to vote unless they go through the system the proper way right so this way they can't just do oh we got it you know that's going to be the groundswell that's going to be the next one the groundswell is well they're here they should be able to vote we already see that in some of these idiot blue cities that we have where okay everybody can vote if you live here you you can vote even if you're illegal it doesn't matter because it affects your life too it's such absurdity and foolishness uh we are we are We are causing our own demise right in front of us. And what is the purpose of that? What is the purpose of all this chaos and throwing our country into disorder and the crime and everything else that's going on? It's to break our system down, to fundamentally change what America is, to damage it. That's the idea. And then it'll have to be reborn as something else, something in the image of uh, Venezuela, or one of these other uh, could these idiots all think that they're going to have the greatest socialism. It's gonna going to be the socialism that's fair. Theirs is the one that's going to be the, the righteous. That's the one that's going to be just. And it's all going to turn out the exact same way. Uh, you think you had to wear masks before? You can't imagine what's coming your way once they get their, the power that they want. So that's that's what we're looking at. So we we've been over the examples. Of this, I I heard somebody talking the other day, one of the the news programs, and they're going on and on saying, you know, let's let's take a look um, at the things that have broken down uh, in our in our nation, things that we just can't trust anymore. Can we trust the FBI and the Department of Justice to do the right thing? I don't mean the agents, the men and women who are out in the street fighting the cops, uh, the FBI cops that are trying to do the right thing. I'm talking about the political heads of the Department of Justice. Does anybody believe that Merritt Garland is not uh, just doing everything in a biased fashion? We've seen it, it's been proved, right? There is a two-tier system of justice. It's, you know, before we would guess at it, maybe, I don't know, it could be, maybe it's coincidence. Now, the the examples are are clear as could possibly be. Did Hillary Clinton get in trouble for 33,000 emails on a private server, which is against the law? No, and she wasn't a president or a vice president. She was secretary of state. That's illegal for her to do that. But no prosecutor in his right mind would go after this. This was the, the head of the FBI uh, making this decision for the, for the Department of Justice prosecutor's office because he realized he said, nobody would ever go after somebody for a thing like this. We're not going to pursue it. And that was the end of it. So basically, that was subterfuge. We talked about it, see, we looked at it, and we found, yes, she did wrong. Matter of fact, lots and lots of classified documents she had, lots and lots of bad stuff she shouldn't have had, she had on an unprotected server that people probably looked into, but she didn't mean to do it, and nobody would prosecute a thing like that. Well, that's pretty damn serious stuff. If foreign governments managed to get into her server and look at classified, top-secret documents... That's pretty serious. I think there was a young sailor who took a picture, a selfie aboard his uh, submarine to show his family. Hey, look at me, I'm on a submarine. And this kid went to jail for five years, right? Because that's classified. You can't take a picture of that and put it out, but she gets to walk away. So that was the first big example that we all saw right in front of our face. Now, what do we see? Let's look at Trump. What are they doing to Trump? Uh, He had documents that they knew about. They were locked away safely. He has Secret Service protection at his Mar-a-Lago estate. No one's coming in to steal those documents. And he believes he had a right to keep them. That's something you argue out. That's something you talk about. It's not something you send the FBI with search warrants. And then you indict him for that. You indict him for that, for having documents. And he was the president. And if he says he declassified them, then who is to say he didn't? So therefore, he didn't have classified documents. If he's, it, it, Well, we have tapes. We have tapes of him saying this is classified stuff. Well, yeah, it probably it was at one point classified. And maybe he was running his mouth to that uh, person, that, that woman that he was talking to. This is all classified stuff. Look at this. And look what I got. And, and he was being braggadocious. Okay, stupid thing to do. But you know what? If he also says, yeah, I declassified him. But I was just saying that to her. Then that's that's what it is. Right? Nobody would prosecute a president for a thing like that. Oh, wait a minute. They did. He's under indictment for that. Right. So this whole entire uh, attack on Trump is coordinated right in front of our faces. Things that have never happened before are happening now and are only happening one way. The media is all in on it. The giggling politicians are all in on it. The rhinos are all in on it to get rid of this guy. Why? Because he really upset that apple cart. And if you, if you think this time, if he's going to come in and, and be um, naive enough this time to think that hey, I'm the president and I, I can, everyone's going to do the right thing now. this time, I think he knows it's the swamp is worse than he thought, and I think if he gets in, he's he's going to uh, clean the mess by just taking action. Uh, presidential orders. We know that they're perfectly okay when Obama does them, but then they go to court. That's that's another thing. That's another thing. Every time Trump came up with a uh, executive order, didn't he get taken to court by the Democrats? Didn't they file lawsuits that he can't do that? And then judges jumped in and put a stop on it and you can't do it. But the Republicans never do that. They say, oh, well, we don't, we don't agree with it. But, uh, you know, it's a presidential executive order and nothing we can do. Now, how come you aren't doing the same exact thing they did? See, that's why. That's why. There's a split in the party. People are fed up. They want traditional America back, right? They want rule of law. They want to be able to have faith in our institutions. You want to be able to tell your kids this is the greatest place in the world and you have a great future ahead of you. As opposed to, what are we saying now? Well, we hope that it's a good future for you. We hope that you're still gonna have free speech. We hope your government's not gonna come and get you when somebody says you were talking, saying things that that are not permitted right? And they come and lock up your kids or your grandchildren. We're hoping that that doesn't happen. But is it possible? It absolutely is possible. It's more possible now than it ever has been. These are the moments that our forefathers envisioned as being the danger to freedom and liberty. And the Constitution, as we have said many times here, really, if you look at it, it gives us the right to vote away our rights, it is a freedom pact. We have the freedom to uh, sign our own uh, suicide warrant, which is what is happening before our very eyes. So this is, this is the breakdown in our party, is that people are so sick and tired of the weakness of the Republicans, and they look at the brazen uh, a, a activity by the Democrats and say, be like that, fight back, and they, they just don't. So now, you're, now we're seeing it displayed right in front of us. Um, Matt Gates, for all you can say about him, um, he was standing up for what he believes. And he's sick and tired of the status quo. And sometimes we have to do that, don't we? Um, I think we threw England out of here. We were tired of the status quo. And somebody stood up and said, give me liberty or give me death, and we had a revolution. Uh, so these things happen when people have reached their limit. And that's kind of where we are as the party. Um, and so we're going to see how it plays out. I like Jim Jordan. I like him a lot. I think, I think he'll be good. I hope he'll be good if he's elected and we should elect him quickly. And then let's move on this agenda, move on it aggressively. If you have one vote to pass something, pass it. Make them say no. Throw it in the face of the Senate because that's, that's next. The Senate is next. Uh, we have to throw out the rhinos and bring in um, really good conservative people who are gonna stand and fight for America, for you and me, for our rights. For our country, for our freedom, and for our liberty. So I started. Uh, I'm on a roll today, right? Okay. Um, I started talking about uh, Trump and them going after him, and and it is unprecedented what they're doing. Uh, it's never been done before, and it's all being done for political reasons with the help of the stupid rhinos. So let's look at New York now. This uh, Letitia James, Attorney General for the state of New York, now. I have nothing against prosecutors doing their job. Um, The way it works is this, Uh, somebody makes a complaint. Hey, listen, I have been wronged and uh, someone has broken the law and they've hurt me either physically or financially or in some other way. You make a complaint. You go and say, hey, this is not right. I need someone to look at this. And then a prosecutor looks at it and determines, has the law been broken? Has somebody been victimized? Uh, that's making this complaint. And is there a perpetrator, someone who's done this? Then they break it down. Is this a civil matter? Is this a civil kind of thing or is it criminal? And then they pursue it. So in the case of uh, Letitia James, the attorney general in New York, she campaigned not on fighting crime, not on cleaning up the streets, not on uh, protecting people's rights. She came out and she's gonna get Donald Trump. For what? What is she going to get him for? Okay. So there, there's uh, complaints. There's criminal complaints against him that he, he raped somebody. He robbed somebody. He stole money. Um, there's civil complaints. Uh, these banks that he borrowed money from. He inflated his assets uh, and he borrowed money from these people. He took loans. He got better rates. They're all complaining, right? They've made written complaints uh, to the insurance board, to the attorney general's office. They've been ripped off by this Trump. no. No, there are no complaints. There are no crimes. She said she's just going to get him. She's going to manufacture whatever she has to do. And this goes to a thought, you know, in law enforcement, the, no matter what level—federal, local, state—doesn't matter. Uh, there's a saying that if you follow somebody around long enough, you will find them doing something improper or illegal that you could go after them for. Now, some things are minor. Some things are major. But if you follow somebody around all day long, you will find them doing something that you can take action against. So if you look at an example, if I'm in a patrol car and I follow Harry Jones around all day long while he's driving, at some point, he might weave. That's against the law. He might uh, roll through a stop sign. That's against the law. Uh, He might speed a couple miles an hour over the limit. That's against the law. There's a hundred things you can find by following this guy around now did they make a big impact on anyone did they cause any victims did when he rolled through the stop sign did he hit a child on a bike okay very serious but if he didn't that's something people do every single day well there's lots of things people do every single day um, that are that could be potentially against the law but we don't go after them for it because they're minor nobody really was victimized And it's just something that somebody did. So what she is saying, going into office, there are no complaints for her to go, I see all these complaints piled up of all these people Trump has victimized, and we are going to prosecute him for those. That would be totally appropriate. That would absolutely be appropriate if he's breaking laws and he's victimized people, whether it's physically, financially, anyway. If he actually did something and you have complainants, then your job as prosecutor is to look into it, investigate it, and then pursue uh, justice for your victims. In this case, in New York, uh, where Trump inflated his assets, um, there's no victims. No banks are complaining. They all got their money back. She is making this up at a whole cloth, uh, going back in time to look at things and, and to cause uh, a prosecution of this guy. This is improper. Because if they can do it to him, they can do it to you because he can't stop it and he's a billionaire. Imagine if they came after you. Imagine if they came after you and they said, hey, uh, let's go back and look at your taxes from six years ago. Uh, let's take a look at that and say, oh, you know what? Look at this here. You put a deduction down here for $28 for this and uh, that's illegal. You shouldn't have had that deduction. So we're going to matter of fact, interest, back interest, penalties, payments you owe us $14,000 for that 28 bucks." What's to stop them from doing that? Nothing. Common sense tell them that kind of thing is not worth prosecuting somebody for. But if you're a political enemy and people are willing to use the power of their office, they can come get you, right? So this is what she is doing. And she is doing this uh, in cohort with these other prosecutors around the country that are all left-wing liberals in front of left-wing liberal judges and their Trump derangement syndrome is pushing them to attack him in any way they can. They don't care that we can all see it. They don't care that it's obvious that they're abusing their positions. They're falling behind saying, no, no, we have to do this. We have to do this. This is appropriate in a situation where they've never done anything like this before because they don't care. They use their power when they have it, right? So there are no victims in in this Trump New York charge. None of those banks came forward and said, we got defrauded, Uh, he cheated us, Um, we never got the money back. No, they all got their money back. They made money on him. They're not complaining. She was following him around, saying, I'm going to get him. And she's looking at anything she can specifically to target him. That's not a prosecution. That is a persecution. That's a big difference in our country. And we see it right in front of us. And if they'll use the law to persecute you, you think they did that in the Soviet Union? Uh, they come out and accuse people of things. They do that in all socialist communist countries. They come out and accuse you of something uh, and you can't, you, can't, you can't withstand that. You're done. You go off to the gulag. You go off to the, to, the, to the camp, to the re-education camp. And that's what our friends on the left are demonstrating that if they had that full power, they would certainly go that way because did, did did they hate the soviet union no they thought the soviet union was was good because it all had all the power it could it could dictate how people lived you know like masks and making sure you take uh, vaccines you don't want to take that you're concerned about that you'll lose your job that they can cancel you they can put you in jail for going to work for you for running your business when they tell you not to do so do you get the correlations here and my last thought on this is pretty clear. I've had a mortgage. I've refinanced. Uh, I've purchased things, large purchases over the course of time. I have never seen the bank uh, say to me, well, what size mortgage do you want there, uh, Joe? Well, listen, uh, I, I you know, I think the house is worth uh, $800,000. So I'd like an $800,000 mortgage. And they say, oh, OK. Well, it looks like you have the income to pay an $800,000 mortgage. We'll just write you a check for $800,000. When really my house is only worth two hundred thousand, that means I get to keep that six hundred thousand, right? Oh, that's, I, I got, that never happens. The bank comes up, they take a look, they look at the house, they look at the property, they check it. out, say, Joe, it's worth two hundred. We'll give you two hundred. Not giving you eight. This is all a scam, and we are all next. We'll be
1: back. The pandemic may be over for some
2: We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk League. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
0: All right, I'm glad we're all back. So let's see, two days ago, I woke up in the morning and I, you know, uh, I don't want to say trouble breathing, it's just I felt heaviness in my chest, right? And I'm saying, hmm, what's going on here? Change of the season, you know, you have a lot of allergy stuff floating around. I don't really have allergies, but I I do have, uh, you know, bad sinuses. How many times have I told you about that? And I said, "Uh uh-oh, I think I feel something coming on. So what am I going to do? Hey, you know what? Let's see how fast this stuff goes. I'm taking the um, immune boost from the Healthy Cell Company. They uh, they, they advertise on the network here. Uh, I take it all the time. I said, okay, let me uh, let me see how long this lasts and what's going to happen. So I take my Healthy Cell, and it's pretty much gone in two days. So uh, I again, one more time, I'm seeing again that something will creep up on me, and then away it goes. So they have the uh, sleep. Uh, REM sleep product if you're having trouble sleeping uh, and they have the focus factor so if you're starting to get you know a little stunned, you're forgetting things uh, you, your memory's not so good take a look at the uh, the focus factor stuff really very good from healthy cell here on the network all right now going back to former president trump and this nonsense of these court cases we could go on and on about this the fact that most of us see it. I, I tell you right now, anybody with a brain in their head sees it, recognizes it for what it is. Uh, but for some people, it's to their advantage. Uh, we just saw this whole uh, nonsense about this closing down the government. We saw that when they f- the Republicans finally realized, gee, the, the, the media is going to turn it around on us again. We have to go, you know, uh, we have to go give in one more time instead of fighting. Uh, so whatever deal we have to make, we have to make this deal. Which was part of the problem that got McCarthy in trouble, and the way he handled it, and all that—the fact that they, they took a summer vacation—and I heard one of these politicians, well, when we go home, it's not a vacation. We have to work. We have to do constituent concerns, and we have to do you know fundraising and all that. No, you should stay in Washington and do the budget. That's your job. When you're done, you go home and worry about reelection, right? You have people working those offices to handle things for your uh, for your constituents, because what are you really going to do? Uh, hey listen I really hate the fact that uh, my taxes are so high I want you to do something about that call the IRS and tell them to to, you know give me a break none of that happens constituent services all that means is re-election events they're going to they're going to go and tell tell us they're going to do great things for us and then uh, get your money and then they go back to Washington and do nothing so this was a lot of nonsense but these people are um, part of the problem and they're allowing this no one is standing up no one is screaming the Supreme Court Shouldn't shouldn't they shouldn't they have an idea and and go, this is a miscarriage of justice? Because who who's gonna step in here and say what they're doing, this persecution of a former president, is really only to prevent him from running to affect our election. That's what they're doing. They're trying to affect an election. But nobody does anything about it. We're all just gonna watch this train run into the wall. We're gonna see them do this, they're gonna take away our choice. For president because he kept those records and he shouldn't have well hillary had records and no reasonable prosecutor would pursue a thing like this well you'd pursue this against the president of the united states who had a right to have those documents declassified those documents was working with the records people to try and figure out what to do here and you're going to prosecute him but you're not going to prosecute her two-tier system of justice it's right in front of our faces and where are you going to come down when they come after you which side are you going to be on are you gonna be on the side that gets favor? Are you gonna be on the side that gets a gun illegally, that's a drug addict, uh, that's involved in all this corruption, uh, and then they say, they're going. To, well, they finally have to prosecute you, but you know what, we're gonna give you a sweetheart deal, and we're gonna write into this document that you can't be prosecuted for anything else. We're gonna give you immunity. Do you think you would get that deal? Do you think Don Trump Jr. would get that deal? No, of course not. It's a two-tier system of government. It's not, it's not correct. It is not American and they can lie to you all they want and tell you, we're, we're just, we're doing the right thing. We're prosecuting because this is such a horrible thing. No, they're not. They're trying to take away your ability to vote for someone who will make their lives miserable by holding them to account. That's what all this attack is on Trump. He tried to affect the elections in Georgia. Yeah, he called the governor and said, I need you to find 11,000 votes. Did he mean he wanted him to make up 11,000 votes? Or was he saying, I know there's fraud, there's stumping out there, miscounts constantly, people can't count, they leave in the middle of the night, boatloads of votes show up in the middle. Let's go look at this real closely and see if there's 11,000 votes out there that I need that are legitimate that I so I could win. No, let's indict him on that. How dare, how dare he do that? Uh, you know, oh, he said the election was fraud, that it wasn't right, I think. Um, even our friend Letitia James in New York, Attorney General, she's on tape saying he is an illegitimate president and we're gonna get him. How's he illegitimate? If the elections weren't faked, if they weren't stolen, the Russians did it. Well, we all proved the Russians didn't do it. Hillary did it. And still nothing happens. But people are running around out there calling him an illegitimate president, that he it, it was it was he he affected the elections with Russia when well, we know he didn't. When they say it, it's no big deal. When Trump says it, he should be indicted for it. And anyone, and anyone who stands up for him should be indicted. Do you see the mess that this is? Do you see how this affects your life and your children's life? Well, you know what? I know you do. I know the people who listen here and listen to America Out Loud, you get it. Uh, the problem is we're all frustrated because we, we, we don't have anyone to stand up for us and scream and holler and say this is wrong. And that's why we have the consternation in the Republican Party. And I hope hope it comes out right. I hope the rhinos don't win. Because if they do, we're going to get more of the same. We're going to keep spinning around this toilet bowl as our country devolves from the greatest country in the world to what can hang on, right? Can you imagine the rest of the world, our enemies, now looking at us and seeing what, what is America actually going to do if we do something? Do you think Joe Biden has the wherewithal to conduct a major operation against China? If China just went across the strait to Taiwan and took it over, are we going to send battle groups to Taiwan and start fighting a war with China? Or are we all just kind of backing off because they know he, this, this guy can't really do anything? Now, he would get help from the generals and all those people, but are we really going to do that? Are we really going to go to war with the Chinese, having American ships sunk, pilots, sailors, Marines killed in that battle. Are we gonna do that? I don't know, we may get pushed to have to do that, but that's because we're coming from a place of weakness and weakness doesn't attract sympathy, weakness a- attracts more attacks. So Putin I'm sure is looking at this, uh, I'm sure the Chinese are looking at this and saying, you know, okay, we have two more years of Biden uh, this might be a moment to do something because if you got a, a Trump or a DeSantis, uh, I think you would have a, a problem. I think they would be stronger in their response um, and it would probably forestall anything like that. So if they're going to do it, the time is now. I'd be on high alert right now waiting for that moment to come. So w- what, else is, uh, what else is going on out there? I like to um, look through my pages of outrages here and let's let's lighten it up for a minute uh you know i like uh i like to look at the social studies right i like to look at the trends and what's going on out in the world and i saw a story uh about a young man named joseph bayena now joseph bayena you've probably heard that name uh he is the son of arnold schwarzenegger um arnold's uh had had a had this boy with his maid he had an affair with the maid and the maid got pregnant and Joseph Baiana is the uh, product of that relationship. Now, Arnold is very clear about it. You know, he comes out and uh, and he says, hey, listen, I screwed up. I hurt my family. I hurt everybody. I hurt the kid's mother. I hurt the kid. But apparently him and Joe Baiana are very close. And uh, this kid is, he's you're trying to be an actor. And uh, he's working out. And he's got the same physique as his father. You know, it's, a, it, you know, it's all heritage. And it's interesting because my connection to that is my daughter, Marie Sejoy, uh, was in a movie uh, that's out now. You can find it on Hulu. You can find it on Netflix. You can get it on Apple TV. Uh, and it's probably on on demand on your cable system. And it's called Called to Duty, C-A-L-L-E-D, Called to Duty. And it's the story of uh, a group of female uh, Navy pilots. And they are a show team, basically, right? They go out and they do shows with the Navy airplanes, like the... Uh, like the Blue Angels and all that kind of stuff. And the, the idea of the movie is that there's uh, something bad going on in a country, uh, North Kiang, I think they call it, which is really a play on um, North Korea, right? That's what it's supposed to be. There's a bad thing going on there, and they have to get in and, and knock out some nuclear reactor so they don't make bombs or whatever. So what they decide to do is to send these female fighter pilots in because they're very, very good at flying the planes uh, as a distraction right, to draw off the North uh, North Kiang military, um, and then the attack team can come in behind them and wipe, wipe this out. Well, it's interesting because Joe Baena is in the movie. Uh, he wasn't originally in the movie, but uh, as they were, you know, the movie gets sold, the rights get sold, people, different people, distributors are going to get it or whatever, and they had this opportunity to use young Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, Joe Baena, in the movie so they they wrote a couple scenes they re-edited and uh, and he's in this movie uh so called to duty go take a look at it it's a lot of fun it's a fun movie it's a fun hour and a half um you have uh, talented beautiful young women flying jets fighting for america what could go what could be wrong about that and you'll see marisa joy in there she's very very good but that's joe baena um and he's trying to follow in his father's footsteps. So he does look eerily like Arnold, looks just like him. I mean, same physique, same kind of, of look in his face. You know, he looks like his dad. Uh, pretty interesting. Um, so that's, that's on the social studies, social trend uh, kind of world out there. And I want to get off the politics for a minute um, just to, to think about a couple of different things. So last week... I told you I was in uh, Saratoga Springs in upstate New York. I was up there for a, uh, I was doing a presentation on safety and security. Uh, And it was interesting because we saw, um, we saw a major incident take place like eight miles from where my hotel was in Saratoga Springs. Um, Young girl was kidnapped. Uh, She was taken by, um, let's see, her name was uh, Charlotte Senna. Charlotte sent a nine-year-old girl, was camping with her family at a state park and uh, riding her bike, and she was kidnapped. And the whole place up there um, was on fire. You should have seen uh, there was helicopters all over the place. There was state police came in from all over the state. They had uh, park rangers. Everybody was searching for this kid. It was the talk of the town. Um, And you say, okay, well, did she get kidnapped or did she get hurt? Well, they found her bike on the trail. Um, they didn't find her, so the police came out pretty quick. With an Amber Alert came out, and they said uh, this kid was kidnapped, and now they're looking for any clues. Well, as it turns out, uh, thank God they got her back. Right, we all saw that they they did get this girl back. Uh, she had been uh, kidnapped by a guy that they arrested, uh, Craig Ross Jr., who lives in the area. Uh, interesting thing about it, you know, they they put a surveillance on the house, and they're watching the house and. They're they're searching and searching. Well, this guy shows up in the middle of the night and puts a letter in the family's mailbox and it turns out to be a ransom note. Um, so they followed the guy. They took the ransom note. They found fingerprints, which they matched up to an old DWI arrest he had. Uh, and they did the search one, and they found this girl locked in a closet in his trailer. Um, this is is this is a horrific crime to take a child. Now that kid is going to probably need. Uh, you know, a lot of counseling or you know, she could bounce back. She was taken for 48 hours, I think she was away. Um, but who knows what he did to her? Who knows what he threatened her with? Uh, being locked in a closet away from your family at nine years old has got to be absolutely terrifying. Um, so when we look at this, at this crime, uh, I can only imagine, you know, as, as, a, as a parent myself, um, as I'm hearing these news reports every day and that they're searching, they haven't found the girl. Uh, my, my, my heart was, was out to this family. Unbelievable that they would have to live through this kind of a thing. And, you know, having been experienced in life that the reality is, you know, the first 48 hours are the most important. If you're going to, if you're going to find somebody, um, you find them, uh, within that 48 hours, once it gets past that, it can go call. He could have had, he could have been a guy from out of town, uh, kidnapped her, put her in the trunk of the car and he could have been thousands of miles away. Uh, within 48 hours and you know we would never see this kid and the way these things often work out these uh, these people who steal children is that they steal them to abuse them usually sexually they abuse them sexually and then they kill them to get rid of the evidence and that usually happens fairly quickly within a couple of hours to a couple of days Uh, and then they're you know then they're gone and then you just you're looking for the remains you know it's a recovery uh, operation when they keep them longer you know, they they lock them in a basement and so they can abuse them all the time uh, for years. Uh, we have seen that in our country um, right now. Right now, as we speak, there are people who are being held against their will, being abused, children, young women, adults locked in somebody's basement. And that's a horrifying thought to think that that's absolutely true. But we know it's true because every once in a while someone escapes and gets out and we find out they've been held for two months, six months, three years, those girls in Cleveland, there was three of them locked in that house for a couple of years, uh, and they were all abused, and this is going on right in the neighborhood, right, so this, this, this young girl, Charlotte Senna, is home, she's with her family, that's a, a good ending, so what should happen to this uh, Craig Ross guy, well, I tell you, for me, for me personally, um, I see life without parole as an absolute minimum, uh, there's another woman came forward and said that her daughter, somebody attempted to abduct her daughter up in that area a couple years ago. Um, and when they saw this guy on TV, they show, saw his mugshot, they were like, oh, my God, that's the guy. That's the guy. Right. So how long's he been doing this? You know, what's up with this guy? He lived in a trailer behind his mother's double wide. And I know we can all laugh and chuckle about that. But in some parts of the country, that's the reality of the housing. People live in trailers. You know, that's what they have money for. And this guy took this girl and locked her in a closet in his trailer. Uh, So now I would assume that the investigation is now going to widen. uh, That property should probably be searched, ground penetrating radar, look around, are there graves, are there other people? Is there evidence that other children might have been there, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Because uh, somebody that does a thing like this is is one of two kinds of people. He's either uh, like stupid, and I mean literally stupid, Uh, low intelligence but he figured hey uh i'll grab a kid i'll grab a kid and i'll get ransom because that's what he did he put a ransom note in the mailbox right um not thinking that the authorities would be involved you know this kid is kidnapped you're going to put a ransom note in the mailbox and they're going to go oh let's get fifty thousand dollars and drop it off in a bag people watch too much tv right and then what then he lets the kid go um kind of wacky um But we just saw that uh, right in front of us. In my career in law enforcement, um, here in New Jersey, there's a a beautiful, high-end, well-to-do community called Spring Lake uh, in New Jersey. Spring Lake, Spring Lake Heights, uh, on the ocean, really very, uh, very expensive homes. A lot of high-income earners live there in, in that town. And there was a family, the Cardinale family, and their little girl, six years old, was out front playing in her front yard, uh, in this nice community, and a guy rolled up in a van, snatched her up, and took off with her. And it was horrific. And and being active duty at the time, we were everybody was on the lookout for a van. We were looking at every van we saw, stopping every van, looking, for, you know, who who could this possibly be? And it got so hot and heavy, um, uh, searching for this girl that the guy who did it decided, you know what, uh, I can't get caught with this kid. Um, whatever his plan was to get money or to abuse this kid he took her to the mall and he pushed her out of the car and said here you go goodbye Um, and she was recovered safely um, and he was captured and arrested and a great job by law enforcement was done and prosecuted but these people should go to jail forever never be able to get out because they have that proclivity or this may be a point when you think about it what, what what is done to a lot of these kids uh, if they're sexually abused, that person should be put to death. That's that's my belief. Uh, if they kidnap this child, can you imagine the horror of that child being taken away from her parents, taken to a trailer, locked in a closet, sexually abused, if that's what happened in this case, but in many cases it does, and then sometimes killed? The terror, the horror of what that person did. So just the act of taking a child from another, from their family, uh, that should be a death penalty. And it should be uh, very clear to everyone, don't do this or, you know, you will, you will be caught and you will be executed. That's, um, that's how serious I think this is, uh, taking a kid. Uh, I, ha- I have my own children. and. When they were growing up, that was a, a scary thought that anybody would take your kid. You ever take your kid to the store and they disappear for two minutes and your heart goes to your throat. Where is the kid, right? Well, this happened to this family and it happens to families every single day in our country. So we want to we wanna keep an eye on things like that. But um, I wanted to, rem- to remember that. Now, some things I'm seeing that I think are interesting to watch. You talk about people being fed up and reaching their limit. Well, how about these, these idiot uh, climate change people uh, that, that sit in the road and they block traffic and they, you know, they want to stop? Well, you're starting to see people become fed up with this um, and starting to drive through the crowds. And sometimes those people get hurt. But you know what happens? If you stand in a highway and you block traffic, you're probably going to get hurt. I would absolutely... Uh, people have an absolute right to pro- protest. They could protest anything they want. They don't like parakeets. They want to protest parakeets in the neighborhood. They don't like climate change, being, n- n- not enough being done about it. They, absolutely, they stomp their feet. They don't like oil. They can argue about all of it, protest all of it, absolutely legitimate. Once you start standing in the streets and interfering with people's ability to move around with first aid to get around, with law enforcement to move around, you've now endangered the community. I would absolutely... Uh, give a immunity to any driver that panicked uh, when they start banging on your windows or had to go somewhere and and rode through these people. And if you break their legs, they get killed. I would say too bad. That's your consequence for taking your action. That's, oh, Lieutenant Joe, that's pretty harsh. Uh, It is harsh, but you know what? How much do you put up with? How much do you put up with these people blocking the roadway? Now, it could be just an inconvenience. You, you're stuck there. You can't go and you, you have to go home. You want to go for a cocktail. You want to go see your, 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 a baseball game. Yeah, that's annoying. But why should I be influenced when they start to gather around, banging on the windows, screaming and hollering, damaging vehicles? I say, I say you know what? Get yourself out of there and they should move. Once the car starts moving, they should get out of the way because that's what we do right they're standing in a road improperly and here comes the car I should move not I should stand here because you can't do nothing to me and if you get run over that's sure a consequence and I bet you uh if we had that kind of a law and I think I I don't I don't want to get this wrong I think there is uh, a law somewhere it might be Florida that uh the drivers, if they feel threatened by these people, can drive through them. And if they hurt them, well, too bad. You shouldn't be standing in the road blocking, hitting people's cars with signs, yelling and screaming, scaring people. This is where we are getting out of control with allowing criminals and people, to, uh, people who want to um, affect your life negatively, they get to do it and get away with it. And if you drive through that because you're scared to death that they're going to bust in your car and hurt you... Um, you're the one who gets in trouble. That's bizarro world. Remember, we talked about bizarro world. That's backwards. No, if you stand in a road, you put yourself in danger. All right. Uh, And you stop the cars and you got to get out of my way. I have to go and they don't want to go. You drive through them and they should move out of the way. I'm not not advocating running people over to kill them. I'm simply saying they're going to get in a road and there's a car coming. They should move. Do their protest on the side of the road. Wave your signs at the cars going by. Tell them how much you hate oil, how much you want, you know, you want windmills or whatever it is you want, whatever, whatever you think is important. Don't stand in the road. Don't block people's traffic. Don't block ambulances going to save somebody's life. Don't block law enforcement from going to do what they have to do. Don't interfere with people's lives because of your protest. Protest all you want. That's good. But not in the streets. And I'm starting to see we're seeing videos from over in Europe where people are where they're, you know, the, these idiots uh, are everywhere because the whole climate change thing, these activists, first of all, that's not really what they are. They're actually uh, it's again more subterfuge. They're using that as a way to control your life. They are socialists and communists, and that's what they're doing. They're out there, you know, uh, protesting, standing in front of traffic, stopping traffic, affecting your life. And you're starting to see these videos from over in Europe that people are have really just had enough of this. And you'll see six or seven drivers get out of their car and grab these people by the hair and drag them out of the road. You're seeing them spraying them with pepper spray, doing all kinds of stuff because people have had enough. They have reached their limit with this nonsense. Uh, and and the, first, the first videos that I started to see, you'd see a driver get out frustrated, right, and drag one of these uh, kids off to the side of the road and drop them there. And as soon as you drop them there, they go right back to that spot and sit there again, because there's no consequence for doing that, right? The guy pulled them out of the way, sits down, and they come right back and sit down again. So now you're seeing people grab them by the hair and drag them. Oh, there's a little bit of a consequence there, right? They're dragging them out of the way. That hurts, it's uncomfortable. They're pepper spraying them. There's a consequence to their action. Uh, of inconveniencing and endangering people by doing this. And now you're seeing, uh, you know, in Europe right now we're seeing this, uh, these videos where seven, eight drivers will jump out at the same time and grab these people, drag them, and throw them over the rails. Uh, they're booting them. They're punching them. You know, get out of the road. There's a consequence for their action. And they're really not out there. You know, they they might be uh, thinking that they're protesting. You know, global warming is going to kill everyone. Um but really, it's a, it's a socialist communist movement um, with all of this that we've been seeing in the last bunch of years. Uh, it's disguised as all kinds of things that, you know, how can you argue with that? You know, this one's life matters. This one's life matters. My life matters. And it's true. And everybody's life does matter. But the behind it, behind the scenes, the messaging that we're getting is, you know, for justice and, and all. But really what's happening, it's a socialist communist movement trying to affect uh, how we live. They're trying to change things. And if they can control energy, they can control your life, they can make you wear a mask, make you take a shot, whatever it is that they want to do to control your life. How about everybody just leave everybody else alone? Believe what you want to believe, do what you want to do, and leave me alone. Don't interfere with me and what I believe and what I want to do. As long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, I don't care what you do. But if it starts to affect me, then I'm going to have an opinion on it. Then I'm going to have to take some action if it's negative to me or my family. And we're starting to see um, this 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 trend. What did we just see? The mayor of New York, uh, you know, with all of the uh, the illegal immigrants coming to New York, and they can't afford it. He's going, well, we have to change the law that says we guarantee shelter because we don't have enough shelter. Cost too well. Yeah, that. And we see Biden now is gonna build a wall. Now, wait a minute. If the wall was racist and bad when Trump did it, but now Biden's gonna build the wall along the Mexican border because he has to stem the flow. They're realizing, Homeland says, we have to stem this flow. We don't know who's gotten in here. We know terrorists have gotten in. We don't, it's out of control now. We better build a wall. Well, if the wall was racist five years ago, Why is the wall not racist today? Or is it just that it makes common sense that you have to put up a wall if people are going to break your law and come to your land illegally? There's a right way to do it. You go through the process and you be admitted to the country. You don't just come in and walk through the wall. So Biden is now going to build a wall. Interesting if we're going to see people crying and snotting themselves at the wall, how racist it is. Or if they're going to realize, oh yeah, well, uh, Another one of our great ideas has gotten out of control. So, my friends, that's what we have for this get-together. I have a lot more on my pages here. I'll try and get to them as soon as I can. But remember, until we meet again, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem.